This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Some areas of our country are doing very well. Others are doing less well. It will probably, unfortunately, get worse before it gets better. From this evening, I must give the British people a very simple instruction. You must stay at home. We can no longer, from today onwards, be proud. We can no longer sit back and remain silent on the senseless, unlawful killings, sly racism of another human being based only on what? Their skin colour. We are worried that um, the Chinese Communist Party make use of the evil law to further suppress Hong Kong people. This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet, you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? Hi everyone and welcome to Where We Are with Nina Zoe Porter. Your breakdown of all the key events in the world from the past seven days all in one bite-sized podcast. For today's episode, here's what happened in the world this week. In just over four months, Myanmar has gone from being a fragile democracy to a human rights catastrophe. The UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, Michelle Bachelet, today issues a strong warning of imminent further bloodshed and suffering in Myanmar. The High Commissioner warns that a further escalation in violence is unfolding across Myanmar and it must be halted to prevent an even greater loss of life and a deepening humanitarian emergency. The UN has issued a rare call to halt the arms sales to Myanmar in response to this year's violent military coup. The General Assembly adopted a resolution condemning the military junta, which overthrew the country's elected government in February. The UN also called for the release of political detainees, such as the elected leader Aung San Suu Kyi, and an end to violence against peaceful protesters. While not legally binding, The resolution is politically significant. It was supported by 119 countries, with Belarus the only one to vote against it. India, its neighbouring country, made a significant move to support the UN's move. Mr President, as Myanmar's immediate neighbour and close friend of its people, we are cognizant of the serious impact of political instability and the potential of its spillover beyond Myanmar's border. India has been calling for greater engagement with the objective of peacefully resolving all issues. Another 36 countries abstained, including Russia and China, both of which are the Myanmar military's two biggest arms suppliers. Some of the abstainers said the crisis was an internal issue for Myanmar, while others said the resolution did not address a brutal military crackdown on the Rohingya Muslim population four years ago, which forced almost a million people to flee the country. And next. Yeah, no, 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 no
Hardliner Abraham Raisi is set to be Iran's next president after winning most of the votes counted so far. He beat three other candidates in a poll in which most would-be candidates were barred from standing. Mr Raisi is Iran's top judge and holds ultra-conservative views. He is under US sanctions and has been linked to past executions of political prisoners. Iran's president is the second highest ranking official in the country, after the supreme leader. The president has significant influence over domestic policy and foreign affairs. But in Iran's political system, it is the country's supreme leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, the top religious cleric, who has the final say on all state matters. Iran is run according to conservative religious values, and there have been curbs on political freedom since its Islamic revolution in 1979. Many Iranians saw this election as having been engineered for Mr. Raisi to win and shunned the poll. And finally, after four weeks of consecutive increases, Africa's third wave is surging, surging upward and accelerating fast. New cases continent-wide are up by nearly 30% in the past week and deaths are up by 15%. Africa is in the middle of a full-blown third COVID wave and there is need for more vaccination, the World Health Organization has said. The total infections have crossed the 5 million mark and at least seven African countries have run out of vaccines. The WHO's Africa Regional Director, Machido Somoeti, has said that Africa needs millions of more doses here and now. A massive surge in new infections means that we must once again tighten restrictions on the movement of persons and gatherings. We need to enforce compliance more rigorously and we need to take firmer action against those who do not adhere to the regulations that save our lives. A total of 136,030 people have succumbed to the virus in different African countries, according to the WHO. The Delta variant is in 14 African countries, while the Beta variant, first detected in South Africa, is in 25 countries. The WHO says there's no clear timeline on when more vaccines will be available, but there is an urgent need for them. So you're all caught up. That's where we are in the world this week. Be sure to listen next week to stay up to date on the latest news around the world. Search Where We Are with Nina Porter on all podcast platforms and subscribe today to get new episodes first.